Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in. Final Monday of 2020. There's a reason to celebrate, right? Great to be with you. Patrick Johnson uh, back after uh, a holiday week. Sansa Monday off. We're going to have uh, Jim Zoki, and we're working on getting Paul Troth. I think Paul is going to be with us. Uh, former ECU quarterback. Finished his career at Liberty. And uh, Paul, uh, of course, worked with uh, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins might want to get Paul back on the phone, right? Needs to hit the gym for sure. <laughs> There's some issues there. He needs a life coach, quite possibly, too. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Panthers win. Media complains. Jim Zoki. Not complaining, but uh, hearing from the complainers. In a Zoom press conference today, I hope you had a uh, Jim will be with us in a little bit as well. I think I mentioned that already. Anyway, uh, hope you had a great Christmas, and uh, we've got uh, New Year's Eve, a soggy New Year's Eve coming up at the end of the uh, week here. We got a P Man Rockin's Rockin' New Year's Eve. So. We have the P Man's Rockin' New Year. We'll be ringing in the New Year's, I believe, in Greece when we come on the air Thursday and getting ready to count you down for Germany, or that could be flipped. I'm not sure. Not big on the details, folks. I'm more of a big idea guy. Uh, uh, ben Byram, that was his voice, by the way. Uh, hello, Ben. Hey, man. I had uh, someone at Christmas tell me about uh, Craig Woolard. Oh, okay. As okay. They, uh, kind of the whole, you know, they're, I didn't ask. I never put it out there, but they, they sought it fit to give me their opinion of Craig Woolard. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I did quite, I kind of just said, okay, thank you. Thanks. Guys. And moved on. Yeah. That was a lady. It was a lady. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All apologies to the lady. Well, no, no. I mean, I, 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 the madam. I just, I, yeah, I just, I said, look, I didn't actually just say anything. I tried to excuse, I tried to exit myself from that thing as quickly as possible Thanks for that unwanted opinion of our friend. That was uh, what it came down to. Yes. An unwanted opinion, Un unwanted, unannounced, uh, unasked opinion. It was not solicited and was given. Uh, but hey, that's Christmas, isn't it? That's Christmas around uh, the family and friends. She might have been drinking too much eggnog. You know, we don't could have been in the eggnog. You never know. You never know. OK, uh, so we have a lot of ECU news, believe it or not, uh, coming out of the Christmas. It was kind of a quiet Christmas as far as that goes. Uh, some news there. Uh, your Carolina Panthers, Ben, with a win yesterday against Washington in what was a, a really important game for the Redskins. But uh, Haskins, she's a mighty Dwayne. Had that. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins might have been the, that might have been the worst quarterback performance. The, the kid who started for Denver, Hilton, Hinton, Kendall Hinton, Hilton. Yeah, Kendall, Hilton. Kendall Hilton was a better quarterback. Look better. Wow. In my than Haskins did yesterday at times. Well, would you not agree with that? When you get benched for Taylor Heineke, I I, I I guess you would have to agree. I like the Taylor Heineke uh, story. 
I'm, oh. I've always kind of rooted for Taylor because, you know, he came in here with Old Dominion and I thought it was just a sensational player. And I was, I've always kind of rooted for Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I thought he was squad a month ago. Now he's yeah. a starter oh. going to week 17. Did, did you see where he was actually taking like grad courses online at ODU? I did not see that. And he had already that. taken two exams and now he's going to take his other two exams after football season. All right. There we go. Uh, plan. Yeah, there you go. Good for him. Get the sheepskin, baby, because you don't ever know. Here is uh, Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. Uh, look, Panthers, R Ron Rivera losing a uh, key game. Panthers losing draft draft picks. We've we've seen this movie before in uh, our draft position. We've seen this movie before in December, haven't we? Uh, oh, yeah. Ron, Ron Rivera uh, talked, I guess, is this postgame? Yeah, about the decision to bench Dwayne Haskins. If you remember last week, we came out at halftime, we moved the ball and put ourselves in position to score. That's why I did what I did. Okay. Um, well, we, uh, we didn't get anything going. So, uh, I decided to make the change. That's why we made the change. Did he think about doing it sooner? I did, but as I was thinking about it, the one thing I thought was when we came out last week, I, we were able to move the ball and put points on the, on the, on the board. So I was hoping for that same thing to, the only problem was, unfortunately, they went on a, a seven-and-a-half-minute um, drive to open up the third quarter and, until we got the takeaway. Yikes. You know, I'll give Dwayne Haskins – now, I mean, he's immature. Uh, perhaps has not put in the work. And, again, I, Paul Trost going to be on with this in a couple of minutes to talk about this. I'm anxious to hear what Paul has to say. But I'll give Dwayne Haskins credit. He at least went before the media after that hideous performance yesterday, right? He did. He did. Uh, not in the best mood, but who will be after a performance like that? Well, but I mean, he still talked to him. He did. He did. This uh, is what he had to say. He said it was the roughest week on and off the field. That's definitely the hardest week of my life, but, um, you know, I just want to bounce back and um, just move forward and pray and, and get my life together. It's rough for old Dwayne play, Haskins here. Play that at the end. What did he say? Did I hear that right at the end? Play that. That's so good. Get my life together. There you go. Get his life together. <laughs> Coming from the man I hate, himself. I hate to laugh, but I mean, that, that it just sort of sounded like he realized, ooh, this is rock bottom. Uh, Dwayne Haskins says this was the hardest week of his life. He signed up for this job, and it is what it is. Um Sometimes being human isn't enough. So um, just got to own up to your responsibilities and your mistakes and, and be a better person moving forward and um, put your best foot forward and you know, pray for another opportunity when you have it to seize it and make the most of it. I wish I can go back and change some things, but it's over with now. I've been 23, and I've done boneheaded things in my 20s. Uh, Ben has, and will do boneheaded things. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely getting there. Definitely <laughs> been there before. Not quite on this level, but no, no, no. But I mean, this is just a case of, I mean, the, the thing where he says, get my life. To, that is, you got to save that one, Ben. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> That's Find it again. Hit that one more time. This is crazy. Get my life together. <laughs> you got to keep that one. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to laugh and, and I, we're, we're going to talk to Paul Troth about this because Paul's knows the kid. They have a relationship. He's worked with the kid when he was younger, I think has been, 
that's kind of that relationship is what got Paul sort of some, some opportunities in TV up in DC talking about the Redskins. Uh, pirates also making some news, uh, today, uh, lots of, lots of things happening there. Let's do a quick pirate report as we welcome the folks back from our, uh, Christmas week hiatus. And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU pirates, 94, three, the game. Well, the big news is the Wednesday game. And, you know, we were, we were coming back. Uh, a lot of other shows aren't going this week or have substitutes or best of or whatever. And what we had done is, uh, we were going to come back and do one of our infamous 90 minute lead-in shows to pirate basketball on Wednesday, but that ain't going to be the case now. No, uh, pirate basketball, the game with, uh, Wichita state has been postponed scheduled for the 30th will not be played. Now, uh, moved to a later time. Ben will have those deets coming up, but it's because of COVID issues with the pirate program, Joe Dooley show coming up tonight at six. And I'm sure that'll be expanded upon during, uh, that time frame. Uh, but, uh, that is the case. Uh, some other news, Jaden Gardner selected as, uh, an honoree, kind of a, uh, an honor roll recognition for him, uh, by the American athletic conference. And then who is the young lady Ben who got uh, the player of the week for the, uh, women's team, Tanaya Thompson, Tanaya Thompson was selected as the, uh, women's player of the week. Uh, for basketball in the American Athletic Conference. And LaShonda Monk just got recognized the week before, correct? Back to back. Yeah. So there you go. Thompson led all scores in ECU's win last week over uh, Tulane when she scored 27 on 11 of 19 shooting. That's some pretty good shooting right there. So congratulations uh, there. Uh, so we'll be back uh, at it, obviously. Uh, Tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday still, but our Thursday show will just be the normal hour rather than the 90-minute uh, lead-in uh, to uh, what we were going to have for you as Pirate Basketball on the pregame show. Uh, tomorrow on the program, happy to be welcoming the commissioner of the American Athletic Association. Seems like a good time to have him on. Mike Oresco will be joining us on the uh, program. How about that, Ben? So uh, that is tomorrow. Anything else? Oh, Duke and Pitt have been canceled. That was going to be played Tuesday, correct? I believe that so, was, yep. That's just come down in the last hour, and uh, Duke is uh, not going to be uh, taking on Pitt because of uh, COVID issues that persist in the Pittsburgh program. There was a big uh, hubbub over the, or hubbubaloo, over uh, the Duke women deciding, I guess, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day they weren't going to play. I, I talked to somebody last week uh, affiliated with Duke Athletics, and and the basketball team and it's since come out the women's team and I assume the men's team were getting tested daily yikes that's tough and apparently these women's women's basketball players were upset because when they uh, played I guess Louisville that Louisville was only getting tested three times a week which is the standard so now there's this big you know media cry that you need to play, you, you got to test the basketball players every day of the week, every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, that's if you're Duke, I guess you have the money and resources to do that, whatever. 
And look, I have no problem at all. If the Duke women's team doesn't want to play another basketball game this year, have at it. Duke men don't want to play another game. Your decision. You know, fine. It, it, but if you're gonna, if you if you get criticized for it, it's just a bad look for the players to be firing back to people on on Twitter, people that maybe have a difference of opinion and have a legitimate argument. Or just the average Yahoo doesn't know what they're talking about. I mean, whether they get paid or not, they're still public figures, and you kind of gotta have have to learn how to deal with public well, opinion. And it's just not good to to get into fights with people on social oh, media. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good look at all. But I mean, it's women's basketball too. And I mean, trust me, I, I, you know, I'm as big a supporter of women's basketball as anybody Done a lot of women's basketball games over the years, dad coached it in college, sister coached in college. I, I've, I, I'm probably a bigger, have more interest in it than your average sports talk host would. But I mean, also we, if they're not playing, who cares? <laughs> Does it matter at the end of the day? If they're not playing, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Hey, look, if the kids don't want to play, uh, it's an opt-out year. They're free to do it. But then let's not be critical of the people that want to play that are doing the best they can with the protocols they've been given. Not everybody's Duke. They can pay for the testing every day. That's, that's, I mean, that's just, when I was told that last week, prior to all of this news, I just thought, man, that's got to be expensive. That's a tough standard to have to keep meeting. Don't you think? So we'll see. I, I just... With this game getting postponed, uh, Duke and Pitt kind of makes you wonder, is there going to be, uh, will the Duke men cave and that would send shockwaves, would it not? Yeah, that, that'd uh, be pretty sport. big. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. Well, they've already canceled some of their games. So, I mean, there's precedent. And then let's think back la- or, or earlier this year. I say last year, let's think back to earlier this year where Duke was kind of the leading voice in that whole ACC tournament thing. They were the, uh, proverbial first, uh, uh, first domino to fall, if you will, and others followed. And as I understand it, there's a ton of pressure at the university level and at the medical level at Duke on athletics for all of this. All right. Um, talk more about that later. Let's grab a break. Paul Troth in just a moment. It's, it's confirmed. We're going to talk to Paul uh, about this whole Dwayne Haskins thing. It would be good to hear from Paul again. And, uh, you know, he knows Dwayne Haskins about as well as anybody. And then uh, Jim Zoki on a uh, victory Monday for the Panthers. All that ahead. Patrick Johnson show on this final Monday of 2020. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. Again, uh, Paul Troth, as promised, uh, with us uh, here, ECU football alum, also Liberty football alum. Might get to a question or two on that. Uh, quarterback uh, coach and uh, is a guy that has uh, been uh, uh, been uh, an analyst for the, uh, for the uh, Washington football team and uh, a guy that has worked very closely with Dwayne Haskins over the years. And uh, today that comes to a uh, conclusion in uh, the nation's capital. Paul's been good enough to take a few minutes with us uh, here uh, on what is a busy time for him. Paul, you well? Great to talk to you, by the way. Yeah. Oh, hey, always good to talk, and hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year coming, and I appreciate the time. Yeah. You you know Dwayne Haskins about as well as as I guess anyone. Um, 
a quick kind of uh, just background on that. You you got involved in Dwayne Haskins' development at what point? I remember seeing Dwayne Haskins' uh, sophomore high school tape, and I looked at it and I said, uh, I think this kid is going to be special. I think, you know, he's doing things, you know, with the football that not many kids his age could do. Um, he was playing at a, a private school in, up here in, in D.C. Uh, there's two levels. I'm sure some listeners know that you have, like, the DeMathas and the St. John's and the Gonzagas, and he was at the lower-tier level. Um, started learning his story. He had moved from New Jersey. Uh, basically, he, he, he pretty much checked all the boxes of every high-profile quarterback in a prep arena now where um, they're going to search out the best opportunity to play early. Parents have uh, – enough money to make things work and get the best trainers. Um, fast forward, he, you know, sets the world on fire at our uh, Elite 11 regional camp. Um, as a junior, he was the best one out there. Uh, got to know his dad a little bit uh, just in conversation, but there were some things that were uh, some red flags. Uh, very, very protected family, like, like I probably would be as a parent, but at the same time, a little bit um, naive to uh, – some things that had nothing to do with football. And early on, uh, and as I'm seeing it more and more with a lot of prep quarterbacks, there's some, some outside factors as it relates to, um, you know, even things such as endorsements and, and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. that it's, it's turned into an AAU circuit at the prep uh, level for quarterbacks. And by then, by even by a junior year, he was already fully entrenched in um, – identity and status and um certain things like that 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 are not bad but if you don't handle them right then they can become uh consuming uh to where it it goes more into uh, social media is my identity as opposed to the real person that i am um so i was fortunate enough to work with him i'm not his personal trainer i did work him out one time um and I, there are some red flags, you know, just in his demeanor. But those red flags can come across as any 16, 17, 18-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, but the one, the one thing that I did, you know, the one thing that I probably, looking back, it was, you know, a, a hesitancy to just embrace competition. So um, hmm. that, that kind of stuck out. And it kind of has shown its colors now um, with – like I was saying, the social media aspect, not fully understanding how you are, you have the entire organization on your shoulders and to take responsibility for that with your actions. Yeah. Uh, Paul Troth is with us here. You love Dwayne Haskins makeup though, as far as just raw abilities. Did you not, you, you thought that skill set, if you could get the mental part of it, right, the skill set in your estimation was there. Uh, most definitely, and in, in terms of football knowledge, it's there as well. I mean, um, he could carve you up in a seven-on-seven. Seven. He knows coverages. He knows what to do. He knows how to how to tempo the ball. He can do things with with th- things with the ball in his arm that not many kids can. Uh, the problem lies in preparation, mm-hmm. and uh, you you know I can sit here and tell you from firsthand experience, um, not knowing how to prepare, not totally investing in in the grind. Um, long hours and, and the lonely work, it, it, it'll end up showing itself uh, very ugly uh, at the higher up you get in, in playing football. And 
you know, fortunately for me, I'm, I'm sure Pirate fans remember it. It, it showed itself a lot <laughs> my, my <laughs> one year starting there. But um, when you get to the NFL level, you, you're going to get exposed. You can't figure things out on the fly. Uh, it's just it, it's just too it's a man's game, and, and you just can't figure it out as you go. Paul Troth uh, with us here, and uh, Paul, of course, uh, was a, a football player, quarterback at ECU. Uh, didn't finish his career as ECU. We've talked about that before. That was a really good, uh, uh, honest uh, interview from Paul. That uh, when we first kind of reengaged with him here, and he's been good enough to give us some of his time from time to time since then. So if you're, if you're going back through our archives, that'd be a good one to go and, and listen to. Uh, and, and I think you're too uh, hard on yourself because you, you – uh, but but anyway, that's a story for another time. Uh, Dwayne Haskins yeah. uh, released uh, by the Redskins today. Okay, so uh, you you obviously follow the football team up there. and We mentioned you've done television work. You've uh, uh, kind of uh, – we're, we're brought into a guy to break down Haskins when he was drafted because you did have some – uh, some some history with him, uh, as you've just outlaid uh, here. Uh, I mean, is this the end of the road for him? Is there is there going to I mean, he's a first-round pick. Now you're starting to hear stuff today that the Redskin coaches at the time didn't want to have anything to do with taking him in the first round. They didn't think you – but somebody thought he was a first-round talent. And, yeah, you know, he's – as you say, he has some, some raw potential. So, so where – I mean, where does he resurface? What's next for him at this point? I think that it just goes that you file this into the the Bill Parcells data driven. You know, it it, it has always proven itself to be true. If you're not, you know, sixty five percent completion, if you haven't started uh, at least twenty five games in college, if you're not a team captain, I mean. I don't know the exact details of Bill Parcells why he would draft a quarterback, but it's proven itself to be very accurate. Now, you sit back and you say, Dwayne's gotten extra starts in the NFL. Um, I think what's scaring a lot of people is that the resources for Dwayne Haskins were in the building. I mean, you had Alex Smith. You had Colt McCoy. You had um, you, had, you had an owner that was behind you. Um, now, you can sit here and say neither coaching staff was behind them, but we all work for people that uh, we get a new boss and they're not – you know, we're not their first pick. Uh, I think that this this adversity that he's facing and this part of his life, it's not too late to overcome. This is probably the biggest, you know, he hadn't, you know, I don't know what's happened early on in his life, but this is probably the biggest piece of adversity that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were some question marks about how uh, involved his family was going to be. Uh, I know that to be true early on. I was friends with, uh, I'm friends with Kevin O'Connell, the quarterback coach that was here last year. Um, or two years ago, but um, yeah, it's it, it's the hardest position in sports, and there's always somebody better coming up. So, um, you know, he's gonna my my prediction. He'll be a journeyman quarterback. He'll get his opportunities. Um, but in terms of somebody fully investing in him in the future, um, I, I don't. I find that hard to believe. Um, you know, you'd like to see a Tannehill situation, um, but I just. I don't know the makeup is there right now, and I'm more concerned for him as a person. Yeah. Um, and I and I say that because I deal with a lot of kids his age, and their identity is wrapped up in social media and uh, what they put out there and things that are very fleeting, and it's not not substantial. So he can probably 
the best thing he can do is seek out wisdom from mentors that are going to be completely honest with him. The truth is going to hurt. Um, but in terms of his football career, he's got a very long, long way to go. And I don't know that in the next year or so he's going to be on the radar to be dependable enough for a franchise. Um, you know, he could be a third tier guy. He, he needs reps. I mean, thankfully, you know, the XFL will be around and Canada's around. Um, but it goes back to, are you willing to humble yourself and go, go yeah. that, that route? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's tough. Paul Tross with us here. What, you know, I got to see him yesterday, really see him this year. Um, because they were playing the Panthers, and I was really interested to see. And, and I mean, he th- he throws for nearly 300 yards. Looks fairly good, I guess, against Seattle. I mean, who's a, who's a playoff team? I mean, let's face it. And that team yesterday is not a playoff team by any stretch of yeah. the imagination. Uh, did all this off the field mess going to the strip club and being stripped of being? I mean, he was also a captain for crying out loud. Yeah, uh, they just don't yeah. get, again. These are things that are just given to people. <laughs> you have to. Well, you yeah, well, you would be surprised. You would be surprised. And um, entitlement is the number one thing that comes to me in my brain. Um, being someone who was very entitled uh, <laughs> in that position. Yeah. I, I mean, I this is a case study. This, you were watching, you know, now I wasn't going to strip clubs and I wasn't doing that. But right. um, in terms of enti- entitlement and just you know, things that are owed people, that's a, that's a disease that's infecting the youth of America. And I sound like a guy get off my lawn type guy, but, um, in the quarterback space, it, it's, I love the, I love the, the Romo, you know, where he says it's a meritocracy and it is, you know, you are, you get what you put out and, and the results matter. Um, so yesterday was very alarming just by, I watched what he was doing on the sideline. I watched his reactions. I watched, he looked like a, he just looked like a wounded animal, just a defeated, defeated person. And it, and it, it hurt, hurt my heart, um, to see that. So it's not, it's not any, it's a human factor. This is not, this has, this is, this is very tough to see, have your stuff in the public eye, just see your, you know, strip bare and your human, uh, laws come to come to fruition but yeah. there's a lot more things going on with Dwayne Haskins in football right now yeah. Yeah. um it's hard to see that in real life but that's that's what is happening uh real quick uh you finished your football career collegiately as a Liberty Flame and uh what a yep. year they had they had a they had a bowl game win but at the end of the game, you yeah. got you got to score, right? Don't 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 force your yeah, running yeah. back to run and then stop running yeah. at the goal line. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it that was uh that was hard to watch. Uh, it literally looked like he was at the Grand Canyon and he was ready to just, you know, <laughs> he was going over and and he said, "I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the football away too." And um, so yeah, it was that was hard to watch, but it was also a little bit of redemption. I know our, our universities had a tough couple couple of months here with the the chancellor being kind of a a sleaze ball and um being a liberty alum you're you're a lot of times you know as much as people know east carolina you're defending um the culture of eastern north carolina and you're defending the pride that we take of of being the the underdog as a liberty flame you kind of it brings you a great joy to know that it's a christian university and and not one person represents us and i think 
you know, the redemption story for Hugh Freeze, uh, fingers crossed, prayers up that that continues. Um, you know, I love that we practice what we preach. You know, we will take all comers and forgiveness is one of our biggest things. And um, it, it, praise be to God and Jesus Christ. And it was awesome. Um, but it was great to see just their quarterback is really good. And um, it, it was a proud moment. I was with some friends that also went to Liberty and we were just really, really proud. Hey, Paul, great to talk to you. Uh, the best in the uh, new year ahead. And uh, let's begin real soon. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you, Paul Troff uh, there. All right, uh, Ben Byram with an update before we get to Jim Zoki uh, to talk about the Panthers' win yesterday uh, with uh, news from around the NFL and more. Here is Ben with your uh, 2020 ticker on 94.3 The Game. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. We start Pirate Basketball's their upcoming matchup against Wichita State on the road. Set for Wednesday has been postponed after members of Pirate Basketball tested positive for the coronavirus with contact and tracing ensuing. Both sides are working to reschedule the game when both teams are available before they were supposed to meet for a second time February 21st. Meanwhile, from Pirate Women's Basketball sophomore guard Tania Thompson was selected as the Americans Conference Player of the Week. Thompson led all scorers in their recent win over Tulane notching 27 points along with six rebounds and two assists to help lead the Pirates to 3-0 in conference play for the first time since ECU joined the American. Elsewhere in college basketball, Florida Gators star Keontae Johnson has rejoined his teammates and is working as the coach amid recovery after collapsing on the court a few weeks ago and falling into a medically induced coma. And we have some college basketball actually tipping off the night beginning at 7. As sixth-ranked Wisconsin hosts Maryland, the Badgers are 9.5-point favorites. The over-under at 132.5. Later on at 8, we have a ranked matchup with 21st-ranked Minnesota coming off their big win against Iowa. They're set to battle 17th-ranked Michigan State, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the 2.5-point underdogs against the Spartans with the over-under at 152.5. And wrapping up at 9, top-ranked Gonzaga takes on Northern Arizona. The Bulldogs are the heavy favorites by 39.5 points with the over-under at 156. For college football, Miami quarterback Derek King has confirmed that he will return for the Hurricanes for the 2021 season. And while the bowl game opt-outs continue for UNC, as running back Javante Williams has decided to skip the Orange Bowl and prepare for the draft. In the NFL, the Washington football team has decided to move on from their former first-round pick and quarterback Dwayne Haskins cutting him earlier today. Washington head coach Ron Rivera released a statement claiming they thought it was best if Haskins and Washington go their separate ways. Minutes ago on the Patrick Johnson Show, former ECU quarterback Paul Troth talked about Haskins telling us he has a long road ahead of him. In terms of his football career, he's got a very long, long way to go, and I don't know that in the next year or so he's going to be on the radar to be dependable enough for a franchise. Um, you know, he could be a third-tier guy. He, he needs reps. I mean, thankfully, you know, the XFL will be around and Canada's around, um, but it goes back to are you willing to humble yourself and go, go that, that route? The organization announced that Alex Smith's status for next week is highly doubtful and that Taylor Heineke will be Washington's starter moving forward until Smith is healthy. Meanwhile, for the Carolina Panthers, their final game of the season capacity will be reduced to 1,500 in Bank of America Stadium. From the NBA, Kinston native and Pelicans Ford Brandon Ingram has earned Western Conference Player of the Week after averaging 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists through three games. And wrapping up for Major League Baseball, the Padres are nearing a deal to acquire former Cy Young winner Blake Snell from the Rays for pitching prospects Cole Wilcox and Louis Patino and catchers Blake Hunt and Francisco Mija. 
for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. This is Jim Zoki with the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I'll be talking the latest on the Panthers and around the NFL next on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, and Adam Gold. Hashtag lots of options. 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. And now, back to the P-Man. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Tonight, over on 103.7 WTIB, it is Panther Talk, 7 o'clock on Eastern Carolina's home for the Panthers. And uh, also, following our show here, Joe Dooley, uh, he'll be on with uh, Jeff Charles. Stay tuned for that following the Patrick Johnson Show here today. Final visit of 2020 with uh, Jim Zoki for the Panthers Radio Network. You'll hear more from Jim and uh, company uh, tonight. Boy, was yesterday something. Zoke, that was a game, wasn't it? Hey, we don't, you know, we had one in a month. So, yeah, it's uh, actually more than a month. <laughs> it's like a month and a week. So uh, we, uh, we're just happy to have a new topic to throw out there called winning and uh, let's right. mix it up a little bit this week. And we were so good. We got the other quarterback fired, uh, just like we got the Atlanta coach and the GM fired when they lost yeah. to us. And yeah. uh, Panthers, uh, defense, I think, you know, defense and uh, the special teams play were really what stood out. So we just talked uh, last segment with Paul Troth briefly, uh, who was quarterback here at East Carolina and at Liberty and has made a, a living sort of um, – coaching, you know, the next great quarterbacks uh, of, uh, of you know, as they go into college, et cetera. And Haskins was a guy he worked with. In fact, it, it helped get him a TV job because he had uh, worked with Haskins. And, you know, he, he just talked about he thinks there's a lot more going on there, obviously. And, and he said there were signs of it all along that, that there, there could be more going on with this kid than just football. Uh, that aside, you probably saw some film of him against Seattle, right? Right. Would you say the exact, I mean, it, it, he had a couple picks against Seattle, but he, I mean, that's the first time I've seen him this year because they were playing the Panthers. And I mean, it, it, I, he looked awful. That was one of the worst. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I was just, uh, I, could there be that much going on in his head? I guess so, right? Yeah, I said it on some of our morning shows before he got uh, fired in the middle of the day. I said, in all the years of me doing this, I mean, he, I'm trying to think. He's one of the worst I've seen. And this is a 15th overall pick in the draft yeah. just two years ago. Yeah. And it happens. I mean, Jamarcus Russell and Josh Rosen and guys. But I mean, just, he just looks so awkward and uncomfortable. I mean, he looks, you know, he's, he's got a big, strong guy with a big arm. You can see he can get around and move. But his footwork is horrendous. And he's got Scott Turner, who's a known, you know, good offensive coordinator. Did a good job here. Uh, so he's got coaching, um, but it's just like, it's just not even close. I mean, and then you said he's had two COVID violations, the last one involving strippers at you know his girlfriend's party or whatever the whole detail of that thing was. So uh, he stripped him of the captain thing, and then, you know, maybe something was said. I just, I just got to believe beyond the football, there, there had to be the off-the-field stuff or his demeanor or just yeah. whatever that Ron was going to put out a statement on behalf of the team, Coach Rivera. And just said, we're just basically parting ways. I mean, there was very, very blunt. And so it uh, just was nothing more to do. First time he got benched earlier this year, they didn't drop him to the second team. They dropped him to the third team. So this is two significant drops. And I guess they're just completely done figuring they're not even going to get like a seventh round draft pick for him if they tried to trade him. Yeah. 
And then uh, another, the more things change, the more they stay the same in some ways uh, because uh, now their most important game of the year and they're starting another former Panther in uh, at quarterback. Taylor Heineke, yeah, uh, who was uh, one of our stars of August back in the day of preseason football. <laughs> <laughs> back when preseason football was a thing. That's uh, right. Yeah, Practice Taylor, yeah. guy, good, good guy, and actually you know, played decently when given opportunities. Played played really well at Old Dominion, yeah, at, at the collegiate level, but uh, just uh, couldn't stay healthy. Here was one of the things when he did get that opportunity. Him and Kyle Allen both kind of battling back and forth, get injured and get chances and. Uh, yeah, so you were for a guy like Taylor Heineke moving forward. He looked decent at the end of the game, but you have to, the caveat too that the Panthers were playing the clock and, and not you know playing you know like it was the second quarter of a game with a long ways to go. But I thought Heineke looked it looked smooth and give, honestly, if Alex Smith can't play, definitely gives them the best chance to win if they kept Haskins out there as far as their choices. Yeah, went. no, I, we'll I, see on Alex Smith. Yeah, we'll see. But gosh, I mean Haskins, I, I that was something. And and again, Panthers played well. But this isn't exactly a team of world beaters. And, uh, you know, <laughs> gosh, it's uh, – he just – I think a lot of it was Haskins, but, you know, Panthers did play well enough to win. And let's let's turn our attention to that. I, I find it interesting. There's this – I guess questions were asked today, Jim, of Matt Rule about tanking. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were serious questions, right? Well, they're, they're couched in the, the way that, you know, there are some fans – and there are some media <laughs> right. that say yeah. winning is a bad thing, and I get it at the I'll say this, I get it at the level that the New York Jets were at because to me Trevor Lawrence is a franchise shifting generational John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck kind of a guy. After that, I don't know. Throw him in a hat, you know, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and you know, all these guys for you know Trask, anybody. I, I don't know which one's going to turn out to be the players and which ones are, are going to be flops. Uh, but I, so I get it from the, the Jets standpoint of losing that. And now Jacksonville will benefit and, and they'll get Lawrence because he just seems like about a surefire thing that they could come along every 10 years. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, they've been very upfront about we're trying to win every week and we're trying to build a culture of winning and winning late in the season. And I think at some point, you know, you, you can't just have the highest draft pick because the same teams end up there all the time. It's Detroit, it's Jacksonville, it's the Jets or whatever. And so Coach Rule made the, the comment, having been in Philly for a while with Temple, you know, he watched the Sixers go through the process of kind of tanking and, and building draft picks at, at number one. He said they haven't hang, hung any banners yet in the Raptors. They're not winning championships. So if your goal is to win Super Bowls, you know, tanking probably isn't really the way to go that, you know, you end up to just keep ending up at that bottom 10 every year collecting draft picks and not really getting much better. Jim Zoki uh, with this here Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk tonight, 7 o'clock on 1037 WTIB. Uh, it's great to have Jim with us uh, here, and uh, great to have uh, have his uh, insight and analysis and everything each week. So he- here's – when they signed Teddy Bridgewater, because about a year ago, I mean, you were looking – you even said on this on this very fine radio product that this was going to resemble an expansion squad roster. And while it has, when they signed um, – when they made the decision to sign Bridgewater, to me that meant they, were, they weren't going to tank for Trevor. I mean, I just, I, I, I guess things could have turned out where they did, but it, to me, that didn't seem like that was in the plans when when Bridgewater came along. And I guess the idea is will be whatever it is to rebuild. But I mean, that was a pretty safe assumption once Bridgewater was signed. This wasn't going to be a all right. We're going to try to to go one in fifteen type of situation in Charlotte. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, no, right, yeah. So they're trying to build while winning. They're trying to, to create both at the same time. And yeah, they, and you look at that part of the equation with Christian McCaffrey and then the three receivers when they brought in Robbie Anderson to join D.J. Moore and what you had with Curtis Samuel. It's like, okay, this could work. And you got Teddy Bridgewater. He's a you know proven pro. He's been around, went 5-0 and with the Saints as a backup quarterback, got in there. And he's been, you know, like, to be middle of the pack. We've kind of talked about it off and on throughout the year. Not not great, but not the worst. It's basically truly middle of the pack of NFL quarterbacks that start this year. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, it just kind of flattened out. Another game like that yesterday, one touchdown, one interception, not spectacular. Hasn't really had that left tackle in Russell Okung. Definitely has not had the star player, Christian McCaffrey. And those are those are difference makers, obviously, especially McCaffrey not having him in there as the centerpiece of all that. So, you know, Teddy's numbers probably would have improved having that threat of McCaffrey, no doubt, as good as Mike Davis has played. But, uh, you know, it, it, uh, Dave Tepper said last week on the firing of Marty Hernia, and it's a win Super Bowl. And the goal is to win Super Bowls. Not, he didn't say make the playoffs, have right. a winning record. Yeah. He said yeah. win Super Bowls. If you're looking at it like that, you know, you got to look at the, okay, is that the guy? And so I think that's definitely something he alluded to as being you know, right in their sights of what they're evaluating, that quarterback position, and we'll see what they do in the draft. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Trevor Lawrence, um, Tom Brady. Unless the Panthers solve some issues along the offensive line, uh, you, you can only go so far. Yeah, and they thought, you know, when they made the trade, that turned out to be a wash because Trey Turner has been just as injured as Russell Okun right. this year that they right. maybe at least, for, at least for a year have that steady left tackle presence there, and they just didn't because Taylor Moten's outstanding at the right tackle spot. And uh, I think, you know, they've done a good job as an offensive line, I think, from a kind of that patchwork group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, they've actually done well. It's not been a bad offensive line. You see they're able to run the ball and do things. So they're, they're good. I think they're, they're good enough to win with what they had this year if they had the pieces healthy. So I don't think that was the biggest problem with them. Uh, but they did, like, they don't really have a pass-catching tight end at all on the roster right now. You get in the red zone with these red zone issues. Mick Astori, the broadcast, we're at the three. He looks at Kurt Coleman and he says, who do you go to here? I go, well, if we had a pass-catching tight end, that's what I would say. <laughs> but we don't have one because if the field gets small and you need those big targets down there, it's just hard to you know sneak it into Curtis Samuel. You, you kind of need those. That's what those guys are built for is to get those jump balls at the back rail or in the corner of the end zone. So that, you know, that's something that would help the offense to kind of diversify itself a little bit yeah, too. No, you're right. Uh, but I think just the build begins up front on both sides of the ball. And, and I mean, we've already seen some of those moves, as you say, we'll see what happens in the draft, but that's, that's kind of where all this happens, right? I mean, this is, uh, both sides of the ball has got to be what it's got to be up front. Yeah, I think that's why, you know, they went with Derek Brown in the draft to begin with with that first pick was like the first thing they had to do is just the year before teams are just gashing you for seven, eight yards up the middle. And so Derek Brown just uh, added to that. And unfortunately, lost KK short early for the second year yeah, in a row. And probably yeah. that's the end of KK. Uh, but obviously, Brian Burns, to me, was a Pro Bowl player. He just didn't get the, the, the popularity contest of votes, but he played at a Pro Bowl level this year and uh, is at that caliber, no doubt about it. So you've got some great pieces uh, there with that. And obviously in the back half with a healthy Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, you know, guys like that, you, you can build around a good number of those pieces there at the uh, head of the offseason. It doesn't all have to be the draft. You know, mostly it is mm-hmm. draft, but uh, you can plug holes with free agency like they did with Robbie Anderson. You just got to be smart about which guys you do that with. I know Ben is all over this, but what is the uh, contract situation with Curtis Samuel right now? 
So he'll be uh, a free agent, okay. and so they've got to do something with that. They've got um, what? All right, let's, let's, you put a, there's no GM in place now, so we'll let you wear the GM hat, uh, Zoke. You, okay, you're a man of many talents. What do you do at Curtis Samuel if you're if you're the GM? I figure it out. I mean, he he fits perfectly in what they are trying to do here. And you saw yesterday he led the team in rushing and receiving. He's just so versatile, and so he fits everything that they need. Uh, gives you kind of like that compliment to, to McCaffrey in a way. Uh, but beyond that is a willing blocker, uh, doesn't need the ball in his hands, is, is happy to block for D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson downfield when their numbers are called, uh, doesn't worry about his stats, is his ultimate team player who just wants to win. Yesterday he was their stats guy, leading guy, yeah. and he just wanted to talk about winning, not the fact that he had 100 yards receiving. So I think to me, uh, it, you've got to find room and – there's been talk they can't keep him and Moten. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's true. But there's always guys, uh, veterans, that can defer money and create cap room and, and kind of kick that can down the road a little bit. You'd hate to give up on these guys that are second and third round draft picks uh, as they enter their prime, and especially when both those guys, Moten and, and Samuel, just fit exactly what you want to have on this team. Well, and the thing is this, he's gotten better, statistically speaking, every year. I mean, there's production every year. There's better. Yep. There's more output every year. Uh, He's been healthy. You know, first two years he really battled injuries. They're just unfortunate, but they happen. And uh, you know, when he's healthy, he just, he's just. I mean, he's so clutch. Beyond that, it's another third down. And uh, in terms of just catch percentage, you get the ball to him. He usually catches it eighty something percent of the time. Yeah. So I mean, to me, it's just like, to me, more valuable than uh, than even Robbie Anderson. Uh, just because of the versatility and, and the fit in this offense. And Robbie's a terrific player. DJ is too. Uh, but uh, of them all, I think, you know, Samuel really, you know, is a guy that you could use in so many different ways to win football games. Yeah. Oh, we've got Jim Zoki with us here. Panthers and Saints coming up. Oh, boy. Uh, tight game last time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Saints uh, have Drew Brees back. And, uh, Hung a lot of points on what was it Christmas Day, uh, their last time out. So uh, give me an idea of uh, how you see this matchup. I mean, Saints are already in, right? Uh, Saints. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're in for sure. So I mean, is this a deal where we we won't see a lot of Drew Brees? Do you think they're still playing for? I mean, what, what, what is your what is your estimation on this? Because uh, let me just say this: they have they've played a lot of this season without Brees. And they, they kind of, I guess, need him. Of course, they're, they're coming off this game where they score all these points, but uh, against the the Vikings. But um, you know, it's that classic. Do you play the guy? Do you do you play your guys, or do you not going into this uh, this final week? Yeah, no, they're they're still highly motivated, fighting for home field advantage, just like Kansas City's got in the AFC. It's not determined yet in the NFC with them in Green Bay. So. They're fighting to, you know, even skip the first round. So all of that comes into play and home field advantage. And, yeah, they, you're going to see, unfortunately, our case, a very motivated <laughs> New Orleans team uh, that wants to, to come in here and, and win. And when they got Drew Brees, who's obviously healthy enough at this point, and you saw what Alvin Kamara probably did, six touchdown yes. rushes yes. the other day. They're pretty good. They got some players. Um, without Michael Thomas, I think, probably for another week, as if, I think they get him back to the playoffs. So they are, they're good. And, you know, it's not talked about enough because their offense is so great is that they, they really have improved on the defensive side the last, I think, two years. So uh, they're good. They're great, obviously. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, and that's a tough challenge for the Panthers. But as you said, they 
played them tough. Panthers played Green Bay tough a week ago, so they've shown they can hang. And I think for the Panthers, it's one more chance to do that. You know, if, if not win, at least, you know, build those blocks of, you know, playing tough football at the end of the season and, and not caving in. And I think that's one thing you can say that's been consistent is the fight in this team of Carolina. Yeah, they, absolutely. You know, fans may want them to tank. You know, some media, some podcasters may want them to tank, but, you know, they're, they're out there <laughs> and preparing to try to win a football game every week. <laughs> Zook, uh, as, as far as uh, – Guys that might be, you know, playing for a job, maybe playing for a roster spot next year. Um, any of those that come to mind as far as Carolina's roster goes? I mean, you, you, you said there's some guys we may, over the last few weeks, this, you know, this might be the, the last few games you see them in a Panther uniform and, and what have you. I guess a lot of that is unknown at, at this point. But, uh, you know, who are, who are some decision guys, you think, guys that will have to have decisions made on them uh, that we're yeah. we going to see? And again, a lot of that is kind of contract based and, and salary cap based, and uh, that your performance is judged on that. But uh, you know, to me, it's like there's not a lot of that going on. I mean, I think they've, they've kind of they did that last year when they moved out a lot of the veteran players. So I think it's, it's a core of young players that you just want to keep getting a look at. I mean, the two big decisions truly are uh, Moten and Samuel, who we already talked yeah. about at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not like it's, we're evaluating somebody on January third. You played 15 games, so you, you know what you've got in each one of these guys right now. It's just a matter seeing. Like, I don't think you know if Teddy Bridgewater throws five touchdown passes, it's going to change the world. You're still going to look at the body of work, or if he threw five interceptions. I, yeah. you know, I just think you kind of know what you got in guys that are the key spots there. So I think you know what's been pleasant is guys like you know Jermaine Carter has emerged as kind of not somebody that was maybe on everybody's radar as. More, a more athletic middle mm-hmm. linebacker coming in. Mm-hmm. So is he a starter or is he just a rotational guy? You know, that's something we need to address. You know, guys like that, they're a little bit more borderline that you might, you know, want to get a longer look at. Like, is Rasul Douglas the answer at the other corner spot or could you do better personnel-wise? And should he be, you know, your third corner, things like that. So nothing major. It's just a, a team that's, um, you know, again, I think they've kind of just held it together pretty good for having no training camp. No real off season of note with a first year coach coming in. I think they've yeah. held up pretty well. No, I think they've they've accounted themselves well. And as you say, they have they've not quit playing. They played hard the whole year. Um, CMC not going to play. That that seems to be all indicate. <laughs> I mean, we'll know Wednesday. I know Jim, but or maybe Feels later. That way. Yeah, but they, that, yeah. Coach Rule's first answer was probably not, and then he said, "Well, I'm not in there. I don't know yet." But <laughs> first thing out of his mouth was probably not. <laughs> And it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it's one game to play with nothing on the line. So why would you risk the possibility of that to me? There's just no point in doing that. I'm sure Christian McCaffrey would love to get out there and play if you ask him, and the coach would love to have him. But just looking at it now that we've reached this point where you're down to the very last game, it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Or if you did, you know, just to put him out there uh, for some snaps, you know, not for a full game, right, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Zoak, uh, we'll talk to you in the new year. How about that? I'll be right here, Patrick. Uh, big fan of the show, as you know, and uh, always look forward to being on with you guys. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Zoke. Uh, the great Jim Zoki. Catch him over at 7 o'clock tonight on uh, WTIB 103.7 for Panther Talk. And, hey, coming up at the top of the hour, the Joe Dooley Show again, in case you missed it earlier today. No Pirate basketball this week. Their game with Wichita State has been postponed due to COVID issues in the Pirate program. Thanks to Paul Troth. Thanks to Jim Zoki. Tomorrow, Commissioner Mike Oresco joins us live on the Patrick Johnson Show. For Ben Byram, I am Patrick Johnson. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay tuned. The Joe Dooley Show is next.